Welcome to the Central Christian Church Podcast. We pray this message helps you find and follow Jesus. If you would like to connect with us more, please visit us at centralsj.org. Well, hey, if you've been with us, uh, we're going to jump into our message now. We're gonna, if you've been with us, you know that in the past few weeks, uh, we've been looking at some holy moments uh, that took place that very first Christmas. And we've been talking about this idea of how, how life really isn't measured by time, but life is measured in moments. We don't necessarily remember everything that happens all the time, but we remember moments that stand out throughout our, our lives. Uh, this past week, our oldest son had a basketball game in Santa Cruz. And uh, as he was driving there, uh, I wasn't able to go. Um, I had some work stuff, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we had two kids that were sick. And so my wife was driving uh, Cannon to, to Santa Cruz. And he had some, some buddies from the ball team that were uh, in the van on the way there. And he was recounting the story of last year, how, how they got one, their butts kicked uh, as they played uh, this, this team down there. Uh, but that was overshadowed by the fact that the whole family went including grandma and grandpa. And, uh, and they got to go not just watch the game, but they got to go out to, to dinner afterwards. And in the midst of losing the game miserably, it was overshadowed by a joyful moment of just being together with family and a, a good moment. And uh, for us as parents, I mean, there's some moments that our kids remember uh, that we kind of wish they would forget. And some moments that we wish they would remember that they tend to to not remember. Uh, for me, in my childhood, I remember my, my childhood, teenage years was, I thought it was pretty good. But to hear my parents retell the story, I mean, the emotion is pretty close to, to the surface of some of the shenanigans that me and my brother have, have pulled and, and trauma that we have inflicted uh, on them. But I remember um, a moment a couple years ago that uh, my eight-year-old at the time, uh, we went to the freezer to get this turkey out. We're going to prepare this, this meal. And I opened the freezer door. This turkey, frozen, comes falling out, lands on my foot. Uh, thankfully, nothing broke uh, except for my filter. And I, I said a couple words uh, that, that I, my wife won't let me repeat here. Um, and I wish my son would forget that. Uh, but every time... Uh, something comes up with cussing. He's like, well, hey, I, my, my dad, he, hey, he, I've heard him say a couple things. I'm like, bro, it was two years ago. And like a turkey hit my foot. Like, give me a break. I wish he would forget it. But, um, but he remembers it. And uh, there are some very memorable, some very holy, uh, some very traumatizing moments that took place that that first Christmas. And if you've been with us and you remember week one, we talked about the life of Joseph and we learned the big idea from Joseph that you have no idea what God can do through one moment of obedience. And if you're with us last week, we looked at the, the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we learned from the life of Mary that surrender is not a moment in time, but surrender is moments all the time. And the big idea for this week, we're going to look at the life of some shepherds. If you have a nativity or you've seen a nativity, then you probably have some shepherds with some, some sheep in that nativity scene. But we're going to look at the shepherds today. And here's what the life of the shepherds teach us, that you never know how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life. You never know how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life. 
It was about a month ago, uh, I just got done working out at the YMCA and was sitting in the sauna, which the sauna is not normally a typical place for like extensive conversations. But this guy came in the sauna and he was just chatting about all kinds of stuff. He was going through a divorce. He has a young daughter. He's trying to figure out work situations. And, and here in the sauna, like turns into like this pastoral counseling session and, and we're divulging all this stuff and I'm trying to give him some advice. And, and as I'm giving him a piece of advice, he looks at me, he realizes he's talking to a complete stranger and he's like, what do you do for a living anyway? <laughs> and I, I never lie to people when they ask that question, but I'm always tempted to. Um, <laughs> Because normally, especially here in the Bay, that's like a conversation stopper. Uh, they hear you're a pastor, like, okay, next. Uh, they're moving on. And so I told him, like, well, hey, I'm a pastor. And he goes, he goes wow, that's, that's interesting. And, uh, and there's like so awkward silence for a little bit. And I'm trying to think of like probing questions. And, and normally I, I like lob some questions out to try to bring them to like this spiritual conversation. And he leapfrogged all of those 15 questions I was Brain, racking my brain to figure out what I was going to ask next. And he asked me this question. He says, he says well, well, tell me, what, what should I think about God? And I, I was like, what? <laughs> I was so taken back. I was like, uh, um, uh, and I kind of like fumbled over my words. And I was like, well, God's grace. And like, uh, it's radical and he's awesome. And, you know, and I fumbled over my word. I kind of told him some of my story and like how God wants a relationship with him. And it was very muddled, very broken. And he stands up, looks at me and he goes, that's interesting. And leaves. And I continue to sit there feeling like an utter failure. And I thought to myself, Tim, why did you hesitate? Why did you, you're, of all, you should be ready for this. Why did you hesitate? We're going to learn from the shepherds that they respond to that first holy moment, that Christmas, without hesitation. And I hope for you, for me, here's the thing, in this season, you're going to have moments this week. You're going to have moments as you go throughout your routine, everyday life, maybe at work, maybe at the gym, maybe at school, maybe, maybe getting on an airplane, maybe traveling, maybe at a restaurant, maybe with a waiter, where it's going to seem like just regular, everyday moments. But God's going to orchestrate your steps in such a way that he's going to give you these divine moments. And when he does, I hope you step into it with boldness. I hope you don't hesitate like I did. I hope you don't, don't miss the moment because you never know what God might do through one moment of boldness to change someone's life. And so let's look at the, the first uh, Christmas. Let's look at what took place with these, these shepherds. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 8 through 11. So if you would, in honor of God's word, would you stand up to your feet with me? Let's stand. And whenever we get to the red letter words, if you could, really loud, really proud, read those red letter words out loud with me. Here's what it says. It says, it says that night there were shepherds, there they are, staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you, good news. he's got good news for you, that will bring, 
great joy. That word literally is, is mega joy. It's, it's joy on top of joy. And they bring this message that, that's going to result in, in great joy. And so whatever, wherever joy is, whatever joy, wherever joy is found, it's ultimately rooted in, in the gospel that is, is presented to these, these shepherds. There's bringing you good news of great joy that's going to be for, for everyone. It's to all people. And here's the news. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. What a holy, a holy moment. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that there is good news that results in great joy. And it's not just for some people. It's not just for a select few, but God, it's for everyone. And so God, would you help us, Lord, to embrace the good news? Would you help us to meditate at, at the amazing reality of what you've done for us? And God, this week, as you lead us, as you direct our steps, as you give us uh, divine moments, would you give us a boldness, God, uh, to share what you've done in our lives? I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. What's interesting to me about this, this moment, what's interesting to me about, about the whole gospel account is that there's been 400 years of silence up until this Point. If you, you turn to the last book of your Old Testament, Malachi, there's this, this promise that, 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 that God's going to turn the heart of the fathers back to their sons and their kids and, and the hearts of kids back to their fathers. And, and then there's just nothing, silence for over 400 years. And then we, we turn to Luke's gospel and all of a sudden there's angels appearing to Zechariah and an angel appearing to Mary and, 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 and people in, that are old are having babies and like, like Joseph gets this dream that, that an angel appears to him and says, hey, you can take your wife, marry her, like, even though she's going to be pregnant and it's not yours, but like it's going to be okay. Like what is happening? And then, and then out of nowhere, an angel appears to some shepherds of all people. And if you're... You know anything about shepherds? Shepherds were not like high class society. They were not well respected at this time. If you were to send a message that's going to bring good news of great joy for everyone, you and I, we might think, well, maybe you should deliver that message to a king or like maybe to a group of kings or, or maybe to the wealthy or maybe to, to, to people who have a lot of influence. But, but to shepherds, like why? Why shepherds? As I've studied this, there's two dominant thoughts by scholars as to who these shepherds are. Uh, the first thought is that these were priestly shepherds, that these were shepherds that were uh, just outside of, of Jerusalem, in this region of Bethlehem, and, and, and they're, they're raising sheep for the Passover. And, and it, wouldn't it be interesting that, that God, very God, would send a message to some shepherds watching sheep that are going to be slaughtered for the Passover to give this announcement that the good shepherd has arrived, that the perfect lamb of God is here. That'd be pretty cool. Another second thought is that they're just ordinary shepherds. They're just raising sheep, minding their own business, when out of the blue these angels appear to them. We don't really know uh, for certain which one it is, uh, but we do know that for sure Shepherds were overlooked, unesteemed citizens at this time. There are four significant problems with shepherds. The first is that, that, that they're not, they weren't able to testify in court. Like their, their, their word carried so little value that even if they witnessed a murder, they wouldn't be allowed to testify in court because they, they didn't respect 
the shepherds. They didn't, they didn't trust them. They were, un, they were considered untrustworthy. They rarely sold property because if they had property, they assumed it was probably hot. It was probably stolen because they were of, of suspicious rapport. Like, like they did, shepherds were questionable. Uh, they were always ceremonially unclean. So even if you wanted to, you had a, a good relationship with a shepherd. You said, hey, you want to come to church like it's Christmas? They wouldn't be allowed because they're considered unclean. Shepherds were always in the fields watching, watching sheep. They're always addressing open wounds of the sheep. They're always uh, trying to help get rid of parasites and all kinds of uh, uh, things that could harm the sheep. The animals that would want to, to eat the sheep, like wolves, they would have to constantly fight them off and kill them. Therefore, they're touching a dead body, and therefore, they're always ceremonially unclean. They were outcasts of society. They were on the same level as tax collectors. Shepherds were on the same level as prostitutes. Shepherds were on the same level as dung sweepers. You're like, what's a dung sweeper? Well, they didn't have toilets. And so the streets would have some stuff that would need to be swept away. And shepherds were on that level of that, that, that status. They were, they were outcast in society. Parents would train their kids. If you see a shepherd walking up to you, walk on the other side of the street so they don't contaminate you, so, so you don't become unclean. And that's who God chose. The overlooked, the uneducated, the unpolished, the unremarkable. He chose shepherds to declare the greatest news the history of the world has ever heard, that a savior has been born. God's very first evangelist of all people were shepherds. Why did God choose them? We don't really know, but what we do know is how they respond. Let's look at it in verse 16. Uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 16 says they, they hurried. They didn't they didn't hesitate. The angel gave them a message and they, they, didn't, they didn't pray about it. They didn't think about it. They just hurt. They responded. They hurried with boldness to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in a manger. They hurried to Bethlehem. They don't they don't hesitate. They didn't, they didn't have to explain away the holy moment. Like, are you sure that was an angel? Or did, did we really, did that just really happen? I don't know. Maybe we should think about this. They didn't let their insecurities hold them back. They didn't allow, allow them to say, well, people don't trust us already. If we go just looking for a baby because an angel told us, like, we're just going to confirm everyone's suspicions. Like, we are out of our mind. Like, they didn't, they didn't reason it away. And I think for us, this Christmas, God would love it if we did the same. If we got some just holy urgency in our life, whenever God speaks, we're quick to respond. Whenever he asks us to do something, even if it seems ludicrous, our response is, is yes, that we would live with just a sense of urgency, even in the little things. Like whenever the doors are open, we're the first ones in the sanctuary because we just, not because we just want to sing, but because we want to encounter God, because we want to worship God, because he's worthy of of our praise. Like the early church, they lived with this sense of urgency. They believed in the core of their being that Jesus was coming again soon, and it, it, it shaped their, their life. And now here we are over 2,000 years later, and, and I think his return is even nearer. I mean, with everything going on in Israel and everything going on around our world, like, I hope he's coming soon. What if we live with that kind of sense of urgency, like he could come at any any moment. We have 
A great opportunity for us this week. I mean, this is a unique season in the Christian calendar. People all over our city, all over the world are celebrating the birth of Jesus, even if they don't really realize it's the birth of Jesus that they're celebrating. They got time on their hands. I was uh, at my son's basketball practice yesterday, coaching our middle son's team, and uh, I was talking to one family. They're not from the United States. And so uh, Christmas and having two weeks off at this time of the year is very foreign uh, to them. Uh, but I was like, hey, what do you got going on? They're like, I don't know. I got two weeks off. I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, we got Christmas services. Christmas Eve, you can come join us, 3 and 5 p.m. They're like, I've never thought of that. <laughs> like, what? Okay, maybe. But, but we have a unique season here on our hands where people are at least open to the idea of church, to open to the idea of God. And, and what if we lived, imagine if we lived with just this sense of urgency and, and really sought God. God, give us some divine moments this week to interact with people, to tell them about the hope that's only found in you. You never know how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's, someone's life. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 17 says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone, they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about this child. So the shepherds have this encounter with Jesus and what's their, their natural response? What do they, what do they do? They, they told everyone, like they just, it was such good news. It's such an amazing encounter with Jesus that they, they just can't keep it for themselves they don't hesitate. They don't, they don't think of a way to, to get around it. They, they, they step in with a holy, a holy boldness to tell people about what Jesus has done, that Jesus has arrived, that he is here. There's hope. There's a rescuer. And what about you? We don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to have an encounter with Jesus. And if you've had an encounter with Jesus, then you have all the information you need to tell people about the hope that you have. Just tell your testimony. It carries a whole lot more credibility than it did for the shepherds. Look at the next verse. Uh, verse 18 and 19 says, All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. They were astonished. When they heard these things, they were, they were astonished. The gospel message is astonishing. It's staggering. It's remarkable what God has has done for us. Listen, no matter what you've done, no matter what you haven't done, God's radical grace is available to you. And to me, that's astonishing. Or in the words of, of God himself in Isaiah 118 says this, it says, come now, let's settle the matter. Like this is God speaking. It says the Lord, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. They're as red as crimson. They'll be like wool. That's astonishing. May we never lose the awe and wonder of that that you can be forgiven. Do you remember what it was like before he found you? Do you remember what it was like before you had hope? Do you remember what it was like before he, he gave you purpose? Do you remember what it was like as you try to fill all these voids that only God can fulfill and we numb them and we, we, we medicate them and we shove them off to the side and we become broken individuals in the process? But do you remember where he's rescued you from? Though your sins were as scarlet. He's made them white as snow. That's astonishing. You might have blown it yesterday, but Lamentations 3.22 and 23 says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That's astonishing. 
The reality of 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That's astonishing. God does amazing work. He makes us new people from the inside out. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave us this ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Check this out. This is astonishing. And he has committed to, to you. He's committed to me. He's committed to us. This, this ministry, this message of reconciliation. There's hope for the world. But you're the messenger. He's committed it to you. You are his plan A, and he does not have a plan B. That's astonishing. You're in Christ, old gone, new come, wonderful. As if that were not enough. He's committed to you, to me, this message of reconciliation. Like the shepherds, we get the honor of telling people what God has done. Like the shepherds, you and I might think, well, why not entrust that message to like a king? Why not entrust a message like that to someone that's highly educated? Why not entrust a message like that to someone who's, who's not an imperfect person in progress, but someone who has their junk figured out? Well, why not entrust a message like that to to that person. The shepherds might have thought that too, but he entrusted the message to them. And today he entrusts the greatest message the world's ever heard to you, to me. Now the question is, what are we going to do with that message? We can hesitate. I certainly have. I think we all have. But what if this week, if we just committed, and we're not committed for a lifetime, but what if for the next seven days we made a commitment, God, when you present an opportunity, I'm not going to hesitate. Again, you're not committing for the whole month, not for the whole year. 2024 is a long time. But what if for the next seven days, what if you started today, Sunday, and ask God, God, would you direct my steps? Would you give me an opportunity just to share what you've done? what you revealed to me, how I've encountered you. And God, as you do, I'm going to step into that holy moment with boldness. I'm going to pray in just a, just a moment, but, but let's together say three words out loud. Make me bold. Okay, you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Make me bold. Oh, let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Make me bold. Those of you online, you can put in the chat, make, make me bold. Make me bold. So we, we can say that. And God hears everything, so he, he heard it. But in a moment, if that's you and you want this week to be different than last week, maybe you blew some moments. We all have. But in a moment, I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer to God. God, make me bold. God, direct my steps. Give me moments to share how astonishing your radical grace is, what you've done for me. And I pray that you would, because you never know how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life. Father, we thank you.